Welcome to Now and Then. I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the Executive Director of the Henry Nowen Society. And I have with me today, Sister Sue Mosteller. Sue has been a wonderful friend of Henry Nowen's, uh, probably one of the great influences in Henry's life from the stories that I know about Sue. Sue, tell me about how you came to L'Arche Daybreak, because that's really where you met Henry. How is it that you were there? I belong to a religious congregation. I uh, was a teacher in the late 60s and early 70s when L'Arche was getting started. I uh, was trying to get my BA uh, by going to school at night and teaching during the day. And uh, finally, the congregation in 1967 gave me a sabbatical year to uh, finish my studies. And I wasn't the greatest academic, so I uh, arranged my courses for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday so that I could have a year of long weekends. And, uh, and I said to the sisters, because at that time we had to go out in pairs and we were often looking for partners, I said, you know, I have lots of time and I, I'm interested in people, and so if you need a partner, you can ask me. And this day one came and she said, would you go with me tonight? There's a lecture happening at St. Mike's and uh, I want to go. And I said, who is it? She said, I don't know. She said, it's this man from France and he works with people with disabilities. And I said, I'm really not very interested. So if you can find somebody else, just do that. But I said, I'm free and if you need me, I'll go. So she came at supper and said, I, I couldn't find anybody. So I went to the lecture of John Vanier, the first of six or seven lectures that he was giving at St. Mike's as a guest lecturer. And I, I sat down and I, I was completely taken by this uh, beautiful person who introduced me to Jesus in a way I think that nobody had ever done before. He spoke about Jesus as a friend and uh, he knew Jesus and he knew the life of Jesus really well and he loved Jesus. And uh, so I still have very clear memories of sitting there with my heart just pounding because I had never heard that before. And uh, so needless to say, I went to all seven lectures and uh, became acquainted with John's spirituality. And I, uh, then he, I met him and I told him that I was touched by it. And he said, I'm coming back. I'm going to give a little weekend in the, fall, in the fall. And I went back to that. And then I was able to make a retreat with him. And so it was after that that I had this idea that maybe I could go because L'Arche Daybreak had started in 1969 and this was now 1970 or 71. So I knew it had started and it had started on a property that our congregation had owned at a certain time. So I, I talked to the congregational leader about my going to Daybreak. She wasn't terribly impressed and she said, no, you can't go. She said, I we need you in the classroom. And she said, besides, you know, we, we live in convents. We don't live with men and women together and so on. So, however, uh, Vatican II had happened several years before, and it was sort of the, the writings and everything were just getting across the ocean at that time. So, uh, and they were talking about the sisters really being with the people and, and being out more. Anyway, the next year I went back and said to my superior again, you know, I really feel this and I'd love to go and I, I, it's just up the road. I mean, I won't be that far away and I know that my first vocation is for the sisters, but 
this is a new community. It's starting. They need help. I have a lot of experience. I have community. I can... Anyway, she initially said, I don't think so. And then we decided we'd pray for a few days. And and she called me and just said, I think you should go. And um, this was really unheard of at that time. It was not something that people were doing. I, You know, this was very, very special. And uh, I felt privileged to, to be in, uh, given that permission to do that. So I talked to the people at Daybreak, and in 1972, I started my time there, and I stayed there for 40 years. <laughs> so... I think it's uh, I think it's absolutely amazing when I think about you have been working with in that time two of the giants yeah. spiritual giants Jean Vanier and Henry Nowen. Correct. God put you in just the right place at the right time. That's right. That's that's yeah. quite something. Yeah. Another one of those giants was probably somebody that didn't, people didn't see as a giant. His name was Adam. But he had an amazing impact on Henry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Adam was a beautiful, beautiful giant. He was uh, uh, one of the men that we welcomed in our uh, community of Larch Daybreak. Uh, He was quite severely disabled with uh, epilepsy, and he had many, many seizures every day. Adam was not able to walk by himself or to dress or really to eat or to do anything alone. He needed help basically with everything. So uh, we were at a certain moment in our history, we were able to welcome him uh, into our community. And uh, he was just such a beautiful man of peace. And uh, as I say, suffering really too. So we welcomed Adam and uh, his brother had already been welcomed. He was also, he also suffered from uh, epilepsy, but he was not as severely disabled as Adam was. But we were able to welcome Adam when we had more help and we had more experience. And uh, Adam proved to be just this marvelous presence in the middle of our our community. And when Henry Nowen came as our pastor, the the leader of our community of Larch Daybreak decided that that Adam's care, his morning routine, would be a good place for Henry to get involved right in the heart of what Larch Daybreak is about. So he invited Henry from day one to help Adam with his morning routine. And And Henry was shocked and he was not excited and he was scared to death to do this, but he Uh, took it on knowing that he would get all the help that he needed, that those men and women who were assistants in Adam's home would just stay with him until he felt comfortable doing the routine on his own. So he did it with them for, for, I would say, a couple of months even because he was so scared. He was scared that he would, uh, the water in Adam's bath would be too hot or that he would hurt him in some way or that and Adam couldn't speak, so he couldn't tell him, and he didn't respond a lot when we were working with him, so uh, Henry was really scared. But uh, he finally took it on, and uh, it's so funny to read. He wrote a book called uh, Adam, God's Beloved, 
And it's so beautiful to read the progression of the relationship because it starts with Henry saying, I never had any idea that I would ever have a relationship with Adam. He said, they kept telling me, we want you to do this so you'll get to know Adam. He said, I couldn't imagine getting to know Adam because of my whole life had been books and talking. And he said, Adam had neither of those. And I had no idea how that would happen. But then gradually it, it begins to happen. And he said, finally ends, he says, I, Adam was my friend, my teacher, and my guide. And he said, of all the priests, all the intellectuals, all the people I ever know, I have ever known, nobody has been able to be that close to me as Adam and help me along my journey. So it's a, it's a beautiful book to read and it uh, talks of Adam's journey. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful in, in, uh, invitation to our audience that if you haven't read the book, Adam, God's Beloved, highly recommend you do. Uh, and it's easy to get to, go to our website, uh, www.henrynowen.org and you can go to the bookstore and you can order any one of those books. There is a canon of books, oh, 40 in fact, that were written by Henry Nowen. And, and uh, I just encourage you, they're, they're books written to the heart and to your spirit. Uh, Henry makes a wonderful guide. Uh, thank you for being with us and uh, we look forward to talking with Sue Mosteller again. I'd like to know what part she played in helping Henry through one of the roughest times of his life. Be sure and listen for the next episode of Now and Then. 